This is the Skate Podcast on WEEI.com and the Radio.com app. For the first time in 39 years, the Boston Bruins have won the Stanley Cup. Talking Bruins in the NHL. Sure, old-time hockey. Like it is sure. Yeah. yeah. With Ken Laird from the Greg Hill Morning Show. That's evidently what Ken Laird wants you to believe. And WEEI.com Bruins writer Matt Calm. Everything going to be all right? <laughs> Place him up for some bees talk right now. It's the Skate Pod. Some escape. I'll give it a B. B plus. On WEEI. Holy, this is a big time show. It is a big time show. We talk Anaheim Ducks hockey and all things NHL here on the Skate Pod every Thursday. How are you, Matt Common? Great. When it's not the Leafs, it's the Ducks, I guess. The uh, Leafs have had their issues, but the Bruins have some interesting uh, reaction here going on to their trade deadline activity. We'll be talking about it on today's episode. Of course, we are brought to you by Red River Technology. We appreciate Red River for their support. You can follow us at the Skate Pod on Twitter and download us wherever good podcasts can be found. Our guest coming up is a Ducks expert. Fox Sports West former NHL goalie Guy A. Bear will give us the lowdown on Kasha and Richie, that being Nick Richie, as he watched them out on the West Coast. And uh, very curious to get Guy on and get his take on this. I mean, how do they feel about it there? But also just uh, what are the Bruins getting here? Because you and I, I think, are both skeptical. That's pretty obvious, uh, Matt. Yeah, I mean, there has to be. It's pretty funny on Twitter where for two weeks leading up to the deadline, all we heard was Don Sweeney does nothing. Don Sweeney stinks. This is terrible. And then when he does two things and you're a little bit skeptical, you get criticized as being too negative. But, uh, you know, there's no reason to not be skeptical about these two moves as far as the impact for this year. I mean, clearly – they cleared up some cap space that they wanted to do, and that's fine. They, they kind of admit that that was part of the problem here. But when you say we're in it to win, you don't roll the dice on two guys who have been trending downward and one guy in particular who's banged up. So um, there's some definitely some reasons to, to, to be concerned. They didn't do enough. And, and I agree with that assessment, roll the dice. It feels like they're hoping these guys find some magic here. Now, last year, uh, you could make the case that Charlie Coyle trade alone was the trade of, of the league. I mean, right. Mar- Mark Stone was the best player to go, and, and sure. he signed a big mega contract, and, and right. that's a good deal for Vegas. But between Coyle and Johansson, Sweeney struck gold last year. Yeah, I mean, especially since they had chemistry together, mm-hmm. which was which is kind of a surprise that they ended up playing together, and, and, and they got hot at the right time, you know? I mean, clearly they still could have used some offense from either one of them or some secondary source, you know, in the finals, but... Um, and that's going to happen again now. This is this is the you know I saw an article in, in your favorite publication that the fourth line is the only weakness in this team, but the weakness of this team is secondary scoring, is it not? I mean, maybe yeah. you know, definitely in fact, the fourth line is the only line that showed up Tuesday. Right, exactly. So you're looking at uh, you know, can David Krejci's line produce depending on who on his, who's on his wings, and, and then the Coil line if he can find his right wingers. Clearly, they're adding these two guys to the mix. Uh, might be more guys coming up from Providence to do that, but you know it's mostly right now falling on Jake DeBrusque, Andres Bjork, and and Kasha and and Richie, and uh, we don't know what we're going to get out of them now. Uh, Dale Arnold, who's on right now as we uh, record this, um, he and I were going at it a bit off air. He likes the deal. He thinks, of course, um, well, Andrew Raycroft too, right? They like it. They like uh, I <laughs> I didn't hear Razor. Uh, Butchergrass was on today, and I I didn't think he was raving about it, but. He thinks they've got a chance, which right. everybody does. And Dale was saying, generally around the league, the reaction has been favorable. Do you agree with that? Have you yeah. seen most analysts give them the thumbs up on the deal? I think that, I think because you look at it that they're such a good team, people's attitude is maybe they didn't need to do that much, and they look at it in the big picture and say, "Well, you threw it at the cap space, you got rid of Backus's contract," and they maybe don't appreciate Danton Heinen the way some people like me do and see it. But I mean, if you look at the deal. The Kasha deal, like I said, the, the Kasha deal is a win in the fact that you got rid of Bacchus and you got a player in return. You didn't just give up your first-round pick. But clearly, and this has been 
you know, re- talked about and re- written about the last two days with the Richie deal by people who know what they're talking about, that Richie, he saves money there, and he's a bigger player. There's some potential there, but he's not, at this point, a better player than Danton Heinen. Well, let's bring on somebody who knows a lot more about these guys than we do, Matty, and that is Guy Hebert from Fox Sports West, former NHL goalie, long uh, stint with the Ducks, of course, with the Blues and Rangers as well. Uh, Guy, we're just hopping into reaction here about Kasha and Richie. Uh, it's a busy pipeline there from the uh, Ducks to the Bruins. Uh, were you surprised to hear the deals? Uh, uh, yes and no. We knew that Bob Murray was um, going to be active near the trade deadline and, uh, you know, in an effort to uh, retool the team that uh, the Ducks have this season. Uh, we thought something would happen. But, um, you know, as for the two guys that, that you got, um, you know, first, uh, Andre Kasha, I mean, is just a dynamic offensive guy. I mean, he's got great skill, great finishing ability. And, uh, I mean, I think the fans in Boston are going to love uh, kind of his energy. I mean, we, we call him the Energizer Bunny out in, in Anaheim. And, uh, you know, that kind of energy that he provides is so infectious uh, for his teammates. So I think that, you know, he'll have that boost for, uh, for the guys. And, and certainly Nick Ritchie's a different player. He's uh, kind of that prototypical, more of a guy that, like when I played, you know, that power forward who can get to the front of the net, cycle down low, uh, just be a real big pain in the in the front of a goalie and, and make goalies' lives uh, pretty miserable being in the, the top of the crease area. So now when you look at Kasha, like you said, Energizer Bunny, it sounds great. We know all about his speed. I mean, I guess maybe a, a two-pronged question here. One is why do you think uh, maybe his production was on kind of a downward trend? And then how do you think his game translates to the playoffs and a, and a stretch run that the Bruins are looking at, uh, forward to? Yeah, you know, it's interesting, you know, Bob Murray had made a uh, a statement and, you know, felt like he had too many of kind of the uh, same type of players, mm-hmm. small, speedy, um, really given some of the draft picks and, and young guys here in Anaheim uh, a, a chance to really kind of show what they can do. You know, I'm talking about uh, Troy Terry and Sam Steele and Max Jones. And, you know, I just think it was one of those things where, um, you know, the the team decided like, hey, we're going to go with the you know the twenty, twenty one, twenty year, two year old guys and, and try to uh, see if they can grow and be the next Getzlaff and Perry's uh, for the franchise. And I and I think unfortunately, you know, that makes uh, you know Kasha um, you know available to the other teams to pick up. And you know, I really think uh, I, I love the guy. Um, I, I just think he's uh, got untapped potential. And, uh, you know, no doubt, I think he's a, a mid-20 goal type of scorer for, for a team. And I think for the Bruins in a, in a you know, a playoff push and a Stanley Cup uh, type of team that they have, you know, I, I think he's a guy who can provide that scoring uh, deep into the playoffs. I think he's a, a special teams guy who can play on the power play. And, you know, again, I think he complements a lot of the players that the Bruins already have and, and takes maybe a little pressure off of, uh, you know, some of the, the top-line scorers. Hey, Guy, in terms of Kasha, one of the big question marks, obviously, is the health um, and the concussions in particular. Sure. He's still not cleared here. What What did you observe in terms of uh, the headshots that he took over his career, and, and where do you think he is right now? Well, I, I think like most young guys, you know, you just uh, you, you play all out every night, and I think, you know, sometimes that's a learning curve for guys that, um, you know, they have to sometimes know, you know, where they are on the ice, and, uh, you know, maybe not look at that pass that they're making and, and keep their head up a little bit more. So I think, you know, that's something that he's learned in the last few seasons of, of how the NHL's played. You've got to make sure that you're 
aware of uh, your surroundings at all times on the ice. You know, if you're in, in certain situations coming across the middle, um, you know, you, you got to make quicker decisions and make sure that, uh, you know, you're prepared for, you know, any kind of impact and, and defensemen stepping up on you. So, uh, you know, I think he's learned that. I think he's learned it the hard way. But I think that it's just going to make him a, a smarter player moving forward. And, um, you know, I know the, the way the league is. And, uh, you know, I even know, you know, when I played that, you know, you know, concussions are a real issue and you want to make sure you take care of the player. But uh, a lot of it falls on the responsibility of the player to take care of himself when he's out there. So, um, you know, sometimes a tough lesson to be learned. But I think that, you know, he's got that skill and I think he's, He's figured it out at this point what he needs to do to make sure that he's uh, he's taking care of himself out there. Now, turning to Richie, I mean, uh, you know, you kind of laid out what he what he would bring to the table. I think he is in an unfortunate situation here where he's following his brother who was supposed to bring a lot of the same things and, and didn't quite pan out. But And I think that the thing that happened with Brett here was he wasn't necessarily engaged every night, and uh, there were some flashes of it. Now, when, when Nick comes in here, um, these these few years that you've seen Nick play, has he been you know is he more engaged? Is he engaged more often than not engaged? Let's let's say, let's put it that way. Yeah, I you know I think uh, everybody expected and continues to expect you know any any player to to keep raising his level of play and mm-hmm. and you know can he you know is he, has he just scratched the surface of you know what he can do at the NHL level and uh, you know ironically he has probably one of his most productive nights right. uh, of his career and then uh, you know traded the next day uh, two goals two assists against Vegas um, so it's just one of those things where that's just another sign of what he's able to do and you know I, I think that you know a lot of times guys need maybe uh, a fresh start or they need uh, you know uh, you know a, a different coaching staff or they need different players around and uh, ironically, we were talking about, you know, um, you know, Heinen coming out to Anaheim mm-hmm. and, you know, talking about the work ethic that exists in the Bruins locker room. You know, everybody knows about Chara and Bergeron, uh, their work ethic, Marchand, you know, so I think that's the type of thing that I think Nick Ritchie will really pick up on. And I think he's going to see the work ethic of these guys and, and the expectations of playing for a Stanley cup. And, and I think that's going to rub off on them. And I think he's going to embrace that. And uh, I, I think Nick Ritchie can be a really solid player uh, and have a great NHL career. I think he's, um, you know, like a lot of young guys trying to figure out, you know, I had a lot of expectations early on. Um, and then I think it was hard, hard for him to fit into a slot in Anaheim. You know, was he a first-line guy with Getzloff and Perry early on, or was he a second-line guy? And uh, I don't know if the Ducks really found that perfect spot for him. So I think he's probably really excited about an opportunity to, to move and then, uh, you know, have a clean slate. And, um, you know, again, I, you know, big bodies in the playoff, you know, guys who can play with an edge, I, I think is just certainly uh, underrated and undervalued. So I think he's going to bring a lot to – uh, the Bruins, and and you know, in particular, in the playoff push, the uh, the stats show Guy that uh, Nick Ritchie has taken quite a few penalties this year. Have you seen that as an issue that he needs to to corral, or is that just part and parcel with being the the physical player that he is? Well, I, I know out here he was encouraged to be to be a physical player and be that force out there, and and not necessarily fight, but you know, to to mix it up, finish checks, especially on the four check, and um, you know, I, I think. You know, you want him to be that guy who plays right on the edge. You know, hey, he might take a bad penalty once in a while, but, you know, you'd almost rather have him play like that and kill off that penalty occasionally. 
instead of having him start to play a little safe and not be that physical presence. So I think that's where he was with, with the Ducks out here. They're like, hey, play your game. You know, if you take a penalty, uh, a bad one here or there because you're trying to be extra physical, you know, we'll kill it off. But, you know, we don't want to kind of, uh, you know, stunt that physical play that, that we really need from you on a team that, uh, that didn't have, you know, besides the Laurier uh, out here, didn't have a big physical presence. Well, Guy, just before we let you go, I just wanted to ask you also, you know, we try to talk about the whole league here, and the Bruins will be out in Anaheim next year. And so so where do you see the, the, the Ducks now in terms of, you know, obviously, you know, Getzlaff is still there. There's, there's a couple older guys, but they're getting so younger. Is this is this the start of a rebuild? Are they going to – is it going to be a quicker rebuild? I mean, how, how do you kind of feel where the Ducks are at this point? Yeah, you know, it's really interesting because I, I, I think, you know, last year became such uh, kind of a mess, to be honest mm. with you, I think. The season didn't go the way they thought. You know, they still had some uh, key veteran guys. You had guys who uh, were fighting through injury. Um, you know, and I, I think they said, okay, let's let's see if these guys in the minors are ready to go. These are all first-round draft picks. Let's see if they can uh, come in early and, and be very productive and see if the transition can't be quicker. Uh, I think after seeing what's happened this year, you know, you've got a, you know, a great goaltending tandem. Right. Um, you know, you've got one of the best goalies in the league, John Gibson. Uh, Ryan Miller is, uh, uh, even at his age, uh, which he doesn't like to talk about, <laughs> is more than a capable backup. So, you know, I think you always build from the net out. Um, you've got the veterans with Getzloff, who's got another year uh, remaining on his contract. You've got Silverberg, who's off to uh, kind of the prime of his career with and then Henrique and Raquel. So I think you've got a really good uh, base for the team to have a quicker turnaround than I, I think most would expect. But I think the key is, is to find out what's going to happen uh, with the deals Bob Murray did uh, at the trade deadline. Last night, there were five new guys in the lineup. Wow. Uh, David Backus, who you guys know well, uh, was not in the lineup. He's um, working on his conditioning and will be in the lineup at some point. So I think um, there's a lot of guys uh, battling for jobs in the, next, in the next 19 games out here in Anaheim. Who wins the Weski? Oh, man, I, it is so tightly packed uh, on our post-game show. We were going through the Pacific and, and the whole Western Conference, and uh, it is an absolute debacle. I mean, it is a point away from uh, being in or being out uh, just to get to the playoffs. Um, you know, I, I like what Vegas did uh, near the trade deadline. I like them shoring up their goaltending, uh, getting Robin Leonard uh, as a backup to take some pressure off of uh, Marc-Andre Fleury. I, I don't really know. I, I know it's uh, unfortunately not going to be Anaheim, which yeah. is a bummer. But uh, you know, it, it's it's going to go go down to the end. I, I mean, St. Louis is still uh, being the Cup champions. I think is uh, you know kind of the favorite out of the West. But we shall see. We appreciate the insight on uh, on Richie and Kasha. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me. Appreciate it, guys. Thanks, Lucky. There he goes, Guy Aber from Fox Sports West. He knows Kasha and Richie well, and uh, his. Pick to win the West, St. Louis. I guess if Tarasenko comes back, it's hard to argue that they're. they're yeah, I mean that's going to be their big deadline addition, right? They yeah. didn't really make a move, but um, you know Vegas. We've been saying all year long, why are they not better? And they've been on a hot streak now. They add you know the back a real backup goaltender. Or you can't even really call him a backup in Leonard. So and Alec Martinez. You know we we kind of talked about where he would have yeah. fit on with the Bruins. So that's a great addition. And yeah, wouldn't you? You would not be surprised to see right Vegas St. Louis in the conference final. Although I kind of wish Mike. West pick Colorado had maybe done a little more, but the Domestikov move, I think that was kind of a, a quiet, solid move for them, and they've got so much talent. If they stay healthy, they'll be fine. Now, does it worry you when he says 
I don't know if he said they needed to be rubbed off on, but, right, but, right. but the, maybe the thought was that Kasha and Richie, yeah. when they get around Chara and Bergeron, would, would right. alt. It, it, it lends you to think they were not in the right frame of mind, work ethic-wise. Yeah, well, you, and, you want, and, you, and that worries you because, obviously, until this year, they were around Getzlaff and Perry right. and guys like that for so long, and then, obviously, Perry leaves, Getzlaff's still there. So there's obviously there's good leaders on every team. I mean, clearly, I was thinking about this in the car yesterday. The Bruins probably have... The best culture, you know, maybe I don't, you know, I'm not in the room with St. Louis and Pittsburgh, but it seems like those are teams also where the young guys come in, they get treated as equals, they they mesh well. Maybe it has something to do also with the AHL seasoning, you know, good synergy between the NHL and AHL teams. But the Bruins clearly have this culture that you can't underestimate, you know, guys that are in their 30s who are still playing at the top of their game. So, yeah, I mean, it's a great environment to come to. It's probably a better environment than what's been in Anaheim this year, at least with them. Being so terrible, and last year also, like yeah. like you said, last year was a mess. Um, but I'm always worried about too. Guys have to be a little self self motivated, right? They're yeah, not going to hold your hand, right? Here. Right. Great way to phrase it. And and I do worry about the brother element for Richie too. It's <laughs> right. like, okay, you're coming in. Your brother was basically a failure. He's in the AHL. <laughs> you're the younger brother. You're yeah. here. What? How does the team view that? It's I, funny because he doesn't he doesn't look like Brett as much as he looks like Matt Bolesky. <laughs> so it's kind of weird. That's no better. <laughs> right, exactly. So um, I, I, I don't know. I, I but just I don't... think I think what here, here's what it comes down to. They had kind of looked at the fact that Heinen was making a little too much for their budget. Yep. They he was being scratched right until this recent yep. stretch. As we talked about he was in Cassidy's doghouse. So they were kind of thinking, okay, we have to move away from him. Let's get this guy who might fit in. I think in the grand scheme of things, you know, when Don Sweeney. Or is so transparent. He's asked a question, a direct question about, are you going to call up guys from Providence regardless of health? And he says, yes, absolutely. That tells me they're thinking Stadnicka, Frederick are coming up here, whether it's Stadnicka top six and somebody gets bumped down or it's Frederick to come down and play in the bottom six. These guys should not be comfortable in their positions, including Richie. I feel like Richie is just a he's a situational matchup if they're playing a team right. where well, they feel like they need some And isn't that, isn't that what we've talked about, you know, the Pat Maroon factor yeah. can this guy go in? Maybe he doesn't play but do against trust Florida, them? but maybe he does play against and maybe he doesn't play against Tampa, but maybe he does play against Washington. I mean, yeah, you have to can you trust him? But that's that's what he has to prove the next few weeks and if he doesn't, he doesn't. I mean, like Tuesday just, night he's out there and you know, they put him out there right away and yeah. know, it's obvious it's the Lucic factor and it's right. you know and but he has seven hits but I didn't notice any. I yeah, mean, I mean he had like two or three really. I mean, I don't know what they were giving him. He he had several where he was kind of he kind of grazed people and I have a feeling they were instructed to give him some hits for those. And you know, the first game he just came. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, it's clearly we're not we're not going to berate him for that game considering, you know, Pasternak was probably the Bruins worst player in that true. game, so we're not going to you know, berate him too much. I think you know. I think they again. They're just looking for competition. There's plenty of depth here now. If if those guys in the AHL can come up and perform, if Jake DeBrus could get his act together, they'd be fine in, in the top six for sure. You know, um, Carson Kuhlman clearly not a top six at this point. Can't can't finish for his life. So, um, but that that and that's where it comes down to. Is it better to have this depth and competition, or is it better to go out and get a known quantity? Trade another first if that's what it took, Avakanine if that's what it took to get a Palmieri here, to to kind of stabilize it. And I would lean toward that. But you know, now Dale's argument to me there was those guys didn't move for a reason. So you know, as Pete Blackford said, they didn't move for a reason in New Jersey because we said this on Sunday skate. They had another year that that year of that year of um of control. 
makes him more valuable on the market, but it also makes him a New Jersey devil who they could say, well, if we're not going to get our socks knocked off, we'll keep him and maybe we'll compete next year. I mean, that team really was one goaltender away from at least being in this wild card mix. The wild card race is so pathetic. I mean, you look at what Columbus has done, put it, keeping it together all this time. That could easily have been New Jersey if they had found, you know, if Mackenzie Blackwood had been Elvis Merzlikens, they'd be right there too. So, um, but who is the guy you, you you look back on and say they should that move that move? They yeah, should have I been mean, in on that. There guy. really wasn't is it anyone. Like Coleman, I, I mean, mean among forwards, yeah. I mean, Coleman obviously is, is more of a difference maker, and with the year of control, he was you know maybe a notch below Palmieri as far as New Jersey guys you want for sure. Or Pedro, but he didn't really fit. I didn't think Pedro was the perfect fit. Well, Pedro was the perfect, and he came in a lot pricier. I mean, but clearly that's more of a okay. This is definitely a, a known quantity because he would have come here and been the third center, which is what people say he is. So. Um, I mean, I think he could. Pl- I think he could play up in, in the second line. I don't think I'm not. I'm not penciling him. But here, obviously, he would have been a, a third, and that would have made Coyle a wing. It probably would have. You probably would have had too much of a mess to deal with. You know, <laughs> yeah. to, to, at this point of the year to in, integrate him. Um, you know, um, someone like Connor Sheary is a veteran guy. You know, you're you're not gonna. It's not knocking your socks off, but he's again more of a known quantity. A yeah. guy who you know is engaged. A guy who's won the cup. A guy who's played in the playoffs. Um, we don't know what Kosh is going to be in the playoffs. We've seen we've seen guys that you didn't think you know. Johansson had this track record as a good playoff player, and and he ended up living up to it, which was great. But you never know what, what some of these guys are going to be. I mean, look how many years, you know, 2011 Marshan was great in the playoffs, but there were series where he didn't have great series. We've seen that happen, you know, with the, with the perfection line a few times where they've been shut down. I mean, it, it, it's so. You know, if they go four rounds, you have a lot of time to get into it. If you have two rounds, you don't. So it's 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 tough. But it, well, know. I may go back to Tyler Toffoli. Derek uh, tweets right. the skate pod. That's Toffoli a good one. looking good. Should have taken him out of the back pocket. Listening to the podcast every right. week in Victoria, um, Vancouver well, doesn't, Island. Doesn't Toffoli based on the price? I mean, obviously it's it's still more expensive, even if you combine what the Bruins gave up for Kasha and Nietzsche. But doesn't Toffoli bring you two of those things? The the scoring and the size. That you're trying to get with the two guys, yep. and then maybe you still would have had some assets left to get a and Brendan. He was uh, Tyler Madden, the prospect, Tim Schaller, right, and the pick, right. So it was expensive. It was definitely expensive. And you're not giving back us away for that, right? And obviously, you know, let's face it. I mean, c- calling the Bruins budget conscious and calling it, you know, talking about Sweeney doesn't mean that the Jacobses are being cheap here, right? I mean, because Sweeney took kind of offense to someone asking him about, oh, did you save money in these deals, saying, oh, this is not our goal and we're a cap team. Well, you're a cap team, but you're also an LTIR team, and now you're not, you know, now you're gonna, probably not going to be an LTIR team, and you're probably hoping that Backus at some point would shut it down and you could do that to him. Um, you're not a cap team like the Toronto Maple Leafs are spending $30 million below the cap, beyond the cap for LTIR guys. So, um, you know, you can't really criticize the money, but that's the way it goes. And uh, clearly he needs the cap space. And you would think now, um, we probably don't really want to get into this right now. We can wait for Sunday, but the Tory Krug thing will now even well, get more intriguing, right? Well, I think they, they have to sign Krug now. <laughs> right. I mean, that's well, the and, thing. And, and, that, and what's the trickle down of that? Because clearly you're still going to need other players and you don't have that much space. You have more. But you still have we to get still have still have, you still have four RFAs and and then, and Halak's then a big as one you of those. brought up and Halak is a huge UFA, UFA and then as you brought up the Rask and Krejci extensions where do they where do they fall in so that's a whole that's a Sunday skate Maria from Watertown our good friend after Cassidy's post game Tuesday about the effort not being good enough might it be time to send a player or two up to the ninth floor for a viewing party how about DeBrusque and or Bjork yeah I mean that's the thing here I mean you know for all the people loving Anders Bjork Charlie Coyle combo which is 
kind of been inflated by Charlie Coyle's, you know, inspired play. Um, the other one of them is scoring. You have to score. You have to produce here. Bjork does not does not finish. And so, yeah, there could definitely be a, a scenario here with Kasha coming back where one of them goes to the press box because with Carson Coleman, as, and I hope people don't think we're trashing him because he's a really good little player. I love Coleman. He's just not a top six forward, and there's no shame in that. I and still think he might be. If Kasha doesn't work out, that's your guy. He's a guy who brings it every night. Right, right. And that's something you don't get out of Jake DeBrusque, which is sad because I don't get it. Usually the players... The sons of players and the sons of coaches are the ones that always get the details. And Jake DeBrusque, when he's not scoring, he doesn't bring you anything. I mean, Bruce Cassidy talks about A game, B game. I, I think Jake DeBrusque is on, like, his E game some nights. So. Well, it's funny you say that. Danny tweets the skate pod. Maybe I'm in the minority, but I'm not in love with DeBrusque, which you consider trading him at the draft to get back a first-rounder in prospects. He's doing the new contract. The Bruins will want to buy up uh, years of UFA status, likely five years if they're signing him, uh, but maybe trade him instead. I mean, that's uh, he's definitely a possibility. I don't think anyone's untouchable leading up to the draft, depending how this plays out. I mean, you have Kasha signed now and uh, Richie, too. So you got these two guys in the mix. If if these guys are guys you're going to stick with, and then if you're projecting a Studnicka and maybe Studnicka and Frederick come up at next year, become regulars. Next thing you know, you're pushing, you know, you're, you're pushing somebody out. I mean, you're not going to, I mean, and then. Again, not to go back to the Krug thing. If you keep your Krug, what can you keep Grizzly too long term? You know, not not just because they're two small guys, but because they're both guys that want to get paid, right? The cont, uh, the counter to that is Patrick, who says, "Don't get the should trade to brusque talk." Come on, now the kid's twenty three; he's got eighteen <laughs> goals. You could say the same or more than uh, Barzal, Kopitar, Larkin, Giroux, Zucker, Taves. Not everybody is Pasternak. Stop with this. Well, somebody, like I said, somebody has to go, and and, and I would I would think they would be less likely to. To part with Jake, but uh, look at it. You know, if you get if you're getting your first round pick back, and it's somebody who's in the middle of the first round, especially, I mean, it might uh, it might pay off. Bob uh, says Bruins are going to regret not trading uh, for Dylan or a top six defenseman. You've been on that one. Uh, yeah, I mean, I've been on that since last year. Although Jake Muzzin got hurt again, so sometimes when you trade for these uh, these big bulky D men, they don't last very long. Yeah. All right. Um... So we'll, we'll dive more into this Sunday. Pete, I think, is more of uh, in favor of their moves. I, I mean, they did upgrade. It's hard. You can't, on the surface, did they get better? Uh, yes. I mean, they traded Nominal, Bacchus yeah, and minim- Heinen, minimally. who wasn't playing, right. for two players that are now in the mix and could produce. Right. But did they do enough is going to be the, the million-dollar question. Right. And, I'm not, and to be clear, uh, enough is not winning the cup. I don't – you know, there's one Stanley Cup, as Brian Burke likes to say. They give out one a year. Um, get past Tampa. Get, 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 get to the Final Four, and then I agree with that. Me. If you lose the, the Capitals or the Penguins, that's still respectable. Yeah, and I, right. You've you got you to get one past one of these tough top teams, assuming they stay in it this year, not like last year. All right. Talk to you on uh, Sunday with Pete Blackburn, 8 a.m. on FM 93.7 in Boston. Of course, we'll post it on the Skate Pod Twitter. For Matt Calvin, I'm Ken Laird. See you next week.